All right. Okay, so here it is. Uh, we're continuing on through our journey through the book of Enoch. And as always, we're going to be seeking to align it with our canon, you know, um, which is the 66 books um, that we know and love that we call the Bible. And so, you know, the word canon, no matter you look it up in the Hebrew or the Greek, it just simply speaks to a measuring stick. And that's what we're seeking to do to see if the book of Enoch measures up, you know, and, you know, I think by this point, we, you know, um, we have seen for well that it does, you know, and so we're just going to continue on from where we left off. We left off in chapter 62. So today we're going to pick it up with chapter 63. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Can I have my first reader read Enoch? 63, 1 through 4, please. In those days shall the mighty and the kings who possess the earth and hoard him. Grant them a little respite from his angels and punishment to whom they were delivered. And they might, that they might fall down and worship before Yahuwah of Yahuwah and confess their sins before him. They shall bless, bless and glorify Yahuwah, bless the kings, and the Adonai of the mighty and the Adonai of the rich, and the Adonai of glory and the Adonai of wisdom. As, as splendid in every secret thing is thy power from generation to generation, and thy glory forever and ever. Deep are all thy secrets and numerable, and thy righteousness is beyond reckoning. We have now learned that we should glorify and bless the Adonai of kings and him who is king over all kings. Hallelujah. Okay, so, you know, just as a little backdrop, you know, um, we're still talking about. Enoch is still talking about in the day of Yahuwah, the end times, you know, and specifically concerning the mighty, the kings who possess the earth and, you know, all of, all of the, uh, the leaders of the world, you know, um, I don't know, uh, in modern day vernacular, you might want to refer, um, they might be called something like five percenters mm. or, you know, or, or something to that effect. You know, uh, the Illuminati, the Illumined ones, or whatever you want to call them. You know, it's people that's running things, mm -hmm. right? You know, and so, and all those that, you know, of course, follow them, you know. So it's speaking about in those days, the mighty and the kings who possess the earth, they will implore him. They will, they will beg of him to grant them a little respite mm -hmm. from his angels of punishment. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, even though like they're having the time of their lives in today's time, in this present life, there's coming an afterlife, which is much more permanent than this present day temporal life. And apparently they didn't believe that was the case. But now they're finding out that it is so. And so here it is, you know, they're asking, you know, to, if they can be granted just a little respite from his angels of punishment. You know, it, it reminds me of uh, the rich man that was in Abraham's bosom, you know, and he was asking, you know, can, can you have Lazarus just dip his finger in the water and just, just touch, touch my tongue? Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, you know, that was not possible and would not be done. 
you know, but you can see from that he wanted just a little respite from from his from his punishment. Amen. You know, and so that's that's something uh, that we need to be thinking about in the here and now, because in the hereafter, it's going to be too late to do anything about it. Right. right now, you still have an opportunity, you know, to thwart that that would be destiny, if you would, you know, um, if you fit into that category, you know, so, you know. Take life more seriously. You know, um, so Enoch 63 went on to say uh, that that they said, you know, they just want a little respite so that they can fall down and worship before Yahuwah and confess their sins before him. Well, this is the time for that. But there's coming a time when the door is going to close, yeah. so to speak. You know, and your time for repentance will be gone. So take advantage of it while it's still yet at hand. You know, don't find yourself in the situation of these mighty ones and these kings and those that follow them. You know, um, hence in verse four, they says, we have now learned that we should glorify and bless the Adonai of kings and him who is king over all kings. You know, so, you know, yeah, but we can learn that now. Mm -hmm. And we can apply that to our lives now. So don't wait to the, for the hereafter to come only to find out that, you know, you missed your shot, you, you missed your chance. You know, and you mean the book was true? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it absolutely is, you know, and this is a lesson that, you know, Nebuchadnezzar had to, had to learn, you know, uh, and, it, and it so this passage also reminded me of him and his story is found in uh, Numbers chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter four, verses 34 and 35, you know, this is uh, Nebuchadnezzar speaking at, after, you know, he had uh, came back to his senses, you know, because Yah caused him to go crazy for like seven years, you know, and so, you know, but he forewarned him before he done it. Yeah, you warned. Sound familiar? Yeah. You're being forewarned before the afterlife. Sound familiar? You know, so Nebuchadnezzar is a type and shadow of these mighty ones and these kings. And for Nebuchadnezzar was a world ruler, you know, and so. You know, because he was so prideful, you know, Yah used him as an example. You know, now if he can do this with the with with the then leader of the world, then you know everybody up under him is you know is, is child's play, right? You know, and so here it is. He's waking. He's coming back to his senses. He's he's waking back up to reality. You know, Daniel 4.34 says, and at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. <laughs> 
and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me. And my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are true and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to obey. You know, and so you see, Nebuchadnezzar learned a very valuable lesson. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people take pride in, in what they what they've done and accomplished mm -hmm. in, in this worldly setting. You know, but that's not what you are to take pride in or you know get your sense of accomplishment from. It's in Yah. It's in Yah, you know. I'd rather be a toilet cleaner in the kingdom of heaven than, right. yeah. than to be a king in this world. Yeah. Right. You know, Enoch 63.5. And they shall say, would that we had rest to glorify and give thanks and confess our faith before his glory. Would we had rest. We just pray. We just, just give us a little rest. Mm. They just want a little rest. You know, this is because they weren't allowed to go into rest. How many of you know we have a rest that that's yet to come? Oh, you know, we read about this in, in our canon, in our measuring stick, in Hebrews 9, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. Let me have my next reader read Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of Elohim, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceaseth from his own works, as Elohim did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. All right, so what I want you to understand is, you know, these mighty ones, these kings, that Enoch is speaking about, that's find it, that has found themselves in the afterlife, praying that they would get a little rest, you know, even to glorify and give thanks and confess their faith before his glory. They will not be allowed to do so. You know, if you find yourself in the afterlife without rest, mm -hmm. you'll never rest again. Mm -hmm. right. I pray that you can see that. And so what I need you to understand is if you're not resting now, you won't rest then. If you enter into his rest now, you'll be able to enter into his rest then. And we know what his rest is, right? That's the whole reason we're all here, right? Hallelujah. You know, so I want you to be able to see that. 
Because if you're not resting in the here and now, if you're not resting in, 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 in this temporal life, you won't get any rest in the afterlife. You know, so think about that. Let me have my next reader read Enoch 63, 6 and 7, please. And now we long for a little rest, but find it not. We follow hard upon and obtain it not. And light has vanished from us from before us. And darkness is our dwelling place forever and ever. For we have not believed before him, nor glorified the name of Yahuwah of Rukot, nor glorified our Ananias. But our hope was in the in the scepter of our kingdom and in our glory. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We see verse six. It tells us that now they long for a little rest, but find it not. They long for a little rest, but they can't find it now. They can't find it. In the afterlife, they're longing for rest, but they can't find it. That's because they didn't rest. In the here and now. They didn't rest during this temporal life, so they won't be allowed any rest in the afterlife. And their dwelling place is in darkness. Whoa. Their dwelling place is in darkness. What is Yah? What is his son? What are we? They obviously not where we're going to be. They must be in that other place. Amen. That's not where we want to go. But why? Why? Why did they end up there? Was it because they were rich? You know, I thought that was a good thing. Mm. Was it because they had power and authority in, in, in the world? Mm. No, it wasn't none of that. It's, it's, it's right there in verse 7. It's because they did not believe before him. It's because they didn't glorify the name of Yahuwah Rukot when they had the chance mm -hmm. to. Mm. It's because they didn't glorify Yahushua Hamashiach. But it was, be, uh, it was that and because their hope was in the scepter of their kingdom mm. and their glory. See, so many people do things simply because their king tells them to do it. Their worldly king, let me put it that way, not the king of kings, but because their worldly king tells them to do it. You know, so many people are seeking after the worldly glory. You know, I'm here to tell you that Satan hasn't, he hasn't any new tactics. No. You know, they fell for the okie doke. Mm -hmm. You know, they fell for the same offer that was given Yahushua that he refused, they accepted. See, so many people equate, you know, the things of this world with blessings. Mm. 
you know, and they think that just because one has that, 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 that's good, you know, and that, that, that's, that's a evidence of their goodness. You know, when in reality, scripture don't teach that, you know, but what it does teach is that the enemy would show man the kingdoms of this world and the glory of them and offer it unto them if they will bow down and worship him. Mm-hmm. Now, our Messiah, whom we're supposed to be following, taught us how to deal with such a uh, proposition. And it was even by refusing it. Amen? But many people don't, you know, they, they decide not to refuse it, you know. Um, the temptation gets to them, you know, and so these are the people who will be longing for rest when during a time when they can't find it. They'll be trying to dwell in light in a time when they can't, when they can't get to the light, you know. So let us not be as these folks. Let let us let us uh, learn from their example you know ahead of time this is this is why Enoch wrote this book he didn't write it for the people of his day he wrote it for the people of our day and he told us that in the very beginning you know let me have my next reader read Enoch 63 8 and 9 and in the day of our suffering and tribulation he saved us not and we find no respite for confession that our Adonai is true in all his works and his judgment and his justice and his judgments have no respect of person. And we passed away from before his face on account of our works and all our sins are reckoned up in righteousness. Okay. Now, now I want you to see, you know, um, that during their day of suffering and tribulation, he saved them not. You know, they're they're just allowed to suffer. And they find no respite. Now that now they want to confess mm. that he's the truth. They want to confess that all his works and his judgments and his justice and um, you know, he has no respect of um person that you know he's he's you know he's the he's the truth, the way and the life. You know, they want to they want to acknowledge all these things and they want to, you know, they want to believe now. But guess what? It's too late. It's too late. Don't let it get too late for you. You know, and, you know, and I know like, you know, many of you, you know, you've taken the first step, you know, you're you're here, you're learning about his word, you know, and that's great, but it means nothing if you're not applying it to your life. It means absolutely nothing. It means you almost made That's the last thing you want to hear. When it's time, that's the last thing you want to hear is you almost made. You know, now it's important that we acknowledge verse nine. It says we pass away from before his face on account of our words. Mm. You know, especially during a day and time when, you know, everyone likes to tell that you're not saved by your words. Mm. Well, who's talking about salvation? Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's not the subject. We're not talking about whether or not you're saved by your works. We're talking about what you're going to be judged off of. So you may not be saved by your works, but you will be judged from them. Yahshua says in Matthew Yahoo 16, 27, he says, for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with his angels, and he shall reward every man according to his works. Well, if you don't have it, you pretty much know what your judgment is going to be, right? You know, if you don't have any good works, I should say, then you pretty much know what your judgment is going to be. Everybody going to have some. They just may not be good. But you're guaranteed to have some. Second witness is found in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. It says, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. What are you working for? What are you laboring for? Is it the almighty dollar? Or is it to be accepted by the most high hell? Is it to be accepted by the savior of the world? Verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Mashiach, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that, he have done, whether it be good or bad. I surely pray you, when he weighed you in the balances, you're not found wanting. Wow. Let your good works outweigh your bad. Yes. You know, this is why, you know, we take measures to cover sin. You know, what covers sin? Love, Charity. absolutely. Love covers a mark to sin. What else? Charity. What was that? Charity. Offerings, charity. Charity is love. You know, um, offerings, that's still love. That's all part of love. Sacrifices. Mercy, that's a beautiful one, but that's part of love too. Um, Your sacrifices, oblation. Well, what does the scripture say? What James say? I'm going to be a little more specific. Doesn't he say when you cause someone when you cause someone to turn from the error of their ways, right? You'll cover a multitude of sin. Right? Anybody remember that passage? Yeah. So that's two ways you can cover multitudes of sin. You know, and all that stuff, most of the stuff you were saying was, you know, yeah, that was up under the umbrella of love. You know, and, and you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it can be argued that, you know, turning someone from the air of their ways could be a form of love as well, you know. But it specifically tells us that way. So, you know, that's why I, I put it out there like that. It specifically tells us when we turn one from the air of their ways, you know, we'll, we'll cover Mark to a sin. How's that? for incentive to tell somebody where they err, right? Yeah. You know, that's incentive. So you've been incentivized to go out and love on folks. You've been incentivized to help people see the error of their ways. Now, if you don't think you have no sin to cover, 
You know, you can sit back and do nothing. You know, but I, I suggest you err on the side of caution, even if you do think that way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Better safe than sorry, right? You don't want to be like this group we're reading about. Also, consider Revelation 20, verse 12. It says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Elohim. And the books were open, and another book was open, which was which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their words. But there are some people, some ministers, some uh, messengers of Satan that's posing as ministers of Yahshua. Yeah. That's trying to tell you you don't need no words. That's a lot from the pit of Hades. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be judged off from works you don't have. So I suggest you get some. I'm always trying to amass some. You know, because, you know, when you're judged, that's not necessarily a bad thing. People, you know, judgment has a bad connotation in our day and time in the Western mindset, you know, but you can be judged worthy of a reward. Amen. Amen. You know, so just because we have to go before the judgment seat doesn't mean something bad going to happen. It depends on the individual. It depends on what your work's looking like. Right? Yeah. You know, so this is why, you know, Apostle Paul teaches, wherefore we labor, rather present or absent, that we may be accepted of him. Yeah. Like I said, you know, previously, what are you laboring for? What's the goal of your life? You know, most people, if they're honest with themselves, mostly everything they do, and this is most people, you know, I'm talking about very high percentile. If they're honest with themselves and they look in the mirror, they can attribute, you know, high 90 percentile of everything they do to getting a dollar. Mm -hmm. To building wealth of some sort. For, for their worldly existence. But Paul says they labored that they may be accepted of Yah. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Enoch 6310. Now they now they shall say unto themselves, our souls are full of unrighteous gain. Mm -hmm. You know, when you put your mind to something, you know, I'm a firm believer that you know you can accomplish whatever you truly put your mind to and give it your all, you know, and this is what they put their minds to and gave their all and they accomplished it. Their souls were full of unrighteous gain. But guess what it says? It says, but it does not prevent us from descending from the midst thereof into the burden of Sheol. You know, Sheol is another, another name for H-E double hockey sticks, right? Yep. You know, so what are you laboring for? Mm. You know, what are the, the bulk of the hours you put in into work? What is it going towards? Think about it. 
2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. My next reader, please. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostle of Messiah. Hold on. Wait, wait a minute. What you say? Did you say that there are false prophets, deceitful workers, that actually transform themselves into apostles of Mashiach? Mm. Is this why I see 20-something-year-old folks running around talking about their apostles? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish, finish up. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Oh, wow. Wow. You mean they have some folks out here trying to masquerade? As saints, mm -hmm. leading true would be saints mm -hmm. into error. Now, can you see why turning someone from the error of their ways can cover a multitude of sin? Yeah. You know, it don't take a moment. It don't take but a moment to say something uh, to someone. You know, something to point them in the right direction. Right. Now, granted, now I'm a, I, I'd be the first to tell you, <laughs> they may not want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> they may not want to hear what you have to say. And they may, you know, call you all kind of feel flam filth. But I tell you one thing. I tell you one thing that they can never do. They can never unhear that truth That's right. that you told. That's right. And that truth that you tell them, whether they wanted to hear it or they didn't, whether they accepted it or they didn't, whether they cussed you out behind it or what have you, they can never unhear it. And if that was y'all working through you, then that seed will sprout one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had people call me up after years and tell me they saw. Oh, yeah. Tell me how right I was. And I just say, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that y'all mm -hmm. caused that seed to sprout, mm -hmm. that you, you able to see the light. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. It was y'all all alone. Yeah. You know, but but that's that's the thing. You know, it's it's just so many people who go around and they see things that are wrong and they won't say nothing. There's so many people who don't come through these doors and they leave and never know why in the world they left. And then you come find out it was something said or done that they thought wasn't right. But why didn't you say something? You know. I make it explicitly known that the motivation here, I don't know, I can't speak for no, no place else, but the motivation here is to have a scriptural reasoning for the things we say and do. You know, and so that said, if we're doing something unscriptural, bring it to our attention and see if we, 
if we about what we say. Because if we're not, then we full of crap. You know, and you should be. And so should I. <laughs> you know, but that's what it's about. But everybody afraid to hurt people's feelings. You know, now you, you do have those out there who enjoy hurting people's feelings. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's not cool to, to beat people upside the head with the truth either. You know, but whatever you do, you do it in love. Right. You know, and the point that I'm making is if you see something wrong, say something to the individual. You may say, Well, they know, unless you know that they know. I mean, because you you've told them before, right? You bore witness prior. So you know that they know. And if that's not the case, then you don't know that they know. You just think that you know that they know. But they may not know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Revelation 18, um, 4 through 6, also bear witness, you know, um, that we're going to be judged according to our works. You know, it says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Everybody want to remain in her. Mm. You know, everybody want to remain in her. We all read about what's going to happen to her. Right. Everybody want to remain in her. Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. So what does that mean exactly? What if you don't come out of her? Absolutely. Yeah. Turning people from You know, you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Verse five, for her sins have reached unto heaven and Elohim have remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you and devil for her devil, devil unto her, devil according to her image. In the cup which she have filled to her devil. You know, so I'm just here to tell you what you do matter. Yeah. What you say matters. Yeah, every word. What you don't say matters. Okay. Say a lot. Let me have my next reader read Enoch 63, 11 and 12. And after that, and after that, their faces shall be filled with darkness and shame before that son of man. And they shall be driven from his presence, and the sword shall abide before his face. In their okay, hold on right there for a second. So here it is. We said, after that, their faces shall be filled with darkness and shame. You know, when you find out what the, that the truth, that those children of light, what they proposed that the truth was, was in fact the truth and you didn't believe it, or you was like, like, like many of us here actually, you know, any seats and 
and, you know, and learning about the truth and really, you know, getting a chance to hear what it is. And you still don't never make that plunge, never move forward on it. You know, you know, like, you know, you have a lot of people who just, you know, they're just intrigued or they just, uh, uh, you know, make an inquiry. You know, they, they see, they see, you know, like these people living out in the desert. You know, I think someone made reference to how lonely this walk can be, you know, so I'm gonna play on that. You know, sometimes people see, you know, all these people living out here in this desert and they're intrigued by it. And it's like, well, how in the world can they live out there when it's uninhabitable? You know, what are they eating? What are they drinking? You know, well, you know, I don't never see them go to the store. Why aren't they clothes wearing out? Why aren't their candles wearing out? You know, and then, you know, they say, well, I'm going down there to see. I don't know about nobody else, but I'm going to see. See, you have a lot of strangers that come into the into our midst because they want to see. They want they they're making inquiry, mm -hmm. you know, and they're deciding whether or not they want to join us. And many of them hang out with us for years. Mm. Some of them even die with us, but they never they never formally join us. Mm. They never commit to us and yeah and i'm not talking about us individually or, or specifically i'm just talking about the body of messiah you know and you know that's a sad case because if they find themselves you know with their faces filled with darkness and shame and they they got all eternity to think about how close they got and how they were they were planning on doing it and how they was you know they was planning like you know well, as soon as i do this you know then you know then 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 okay i'll do it or let me let me let me let me do this that and the other and then i'll do it but what if you die before me right, right. Mm. what if your number is called you know there's no guarantee you're gonna make it to do this, that, or the other. And when you say things like that, don't think that we don't have an enemy that's listening to prevent you from doing this, that, and the other. You need to listen and take heed to what Moshe said. You know, choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. Don't wait till tomorrow. Because you never know. You may not see tomorrow. You know, so Revelation 19, 13 through 15, uh, with uh Enoch 63 11 speaks of it says, and the sword shall abide before his face in their midst. You know, and Revelation 19, 13 through 15 bears witness to this. You know, it bears witness to this concept. It says, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of Elohim. Hallelujah. Hello, Yahshua. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Hello, righteousness of the saints. And out of his mouth go up a sharp sword that with it he shall smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he tread up the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty Elohim. 
So can you see, you know, that this bears witness to what Enoch is saying? He's saying, and the sword shall abide before his face, you know? And Yochanan in Revelation 19 saying, yeah, 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 that's true. Because out of his mouth, go for, go for a sharp sword. You know, and then we have Enoch 6312. Thus spake Yahuwah Ruach. This is the ordinance and judgment with respect to the mighty and the kings and the exalted and those who possess the earth before Yahuwah Ruach. Aruko. Okay, so, you know, this is the word that Yah, you know, gave Enoch to give to us that we might be warned. You know, you have been warned. You know, that's all I have for you, Dave. Pray it was a blessing. We're going to stop right here.